Welcome to the Embrace Podcast. I'm Andrea, and by tuning in, you'll hear both encouraging and entertaining stories of faith from my circle of friends, Christian authors, and experts in the fitness industry. For listening today, I'd like to offer one month free to my daily workout program with code EmbracePodcast at EmbraceMovement.com. That's EmbraceMVMNT.com. Hey, everybody at Embrace Podcast. This is your host, Andrea, and I have a special guest that I want to welcome on today. We have Patrick Murphy. He's a pastor and lead worship leader at Wellspring Church, New York City, and is going to talk to us about why Christians are known for singing to God, which is unique to any other religion out there. He's also an Apple product and computer genius and loves his wife, three boys, and is the biggest New York Mets fan. Mm. I'm lucky to be able to call him a longtime friend. Welcome on the show, Patrick. Uh, thank you for having, I think the biggest thing, uh, you know, you're reading all of those things that have to do, to do with my life. And the one that spoke to me the most was the Mets part. And I think you I know, need to examine that. That's why I enunciated it. I left the pause there. So everyone would really pay attention. I just last night, you know, we split the series with the Dodgers. It was very exciting. We're not here to talk about it, but if we went down that road, I would be more than ready. Okay. Okay. Um, I remember the park scene that you told me about where Declan saw like a Mets fan and or a yes. Mets player. And he was like, Hey, using his first and last name and was like dishing out all these first and last names of like all yes. of his teammates. And you were like, I don't think a lot of kids would be able to do that. He, well, so he, so I have three boys. One is one and a half, then a 10 year old and a 14 year old. And my 14 year old is the, is more of a Mets fan than me. He's also a baseball player. He's, he's a really good baseball player. And he, um, and yes, if he ever, so we happen to live in a neighborhood where a lot of the Mets guys are. And if he sees any of them, he has no problem approaching them as if they're best friends. Right. And, and I, that's, you know, that's, there's, I think some people, there's been parts of my life where I've been like, all right, man, maybe you need to slow it down a little bit. But then there's this other part of me that wins most of the time where I'm like, yes, keep that keep that social, you know, attitude where you're able to approach people and have a conversation. We need more of that in the world. I love it. Yes, we do. And, um, it is hashtag confidence. That kid has got some confidence for sure. Whether it's yeah. dancing. I mean, I've, I've also seen him. I can't even remember what it's called. Break dancing. I don't want to mess it up, yes. but I've seen him break. Dance. I've seen all of your kids do amazing things. We actually have yes. a son in common. Weird. That, that sounded weird. We have a son. No, we good. both we have sons it. that are the same age. <laughs> yes. They have a lot in common. <laughs> I do want to say um, that this so is a podcast. This is a podcast. So nobody saw you do the, I'm doing the massive air quotes around the word break dancing. Right. I don't really so know let's, before we move on, you know, I've seen Declan huge air quotes, break dance. Please continue talking about James. Yes. Yes. And our one and a half year olds are total menaces. And we send pictures back and forth saying these guys are ridiculous and we need ridiculous. help and sleep. Um, yes, I love that. You guys, I have been to, um, Wellspring church. I was there for five years. Love the people there that run all the ministries, love alpha. We have just done so much singing together and so much praying mm -hmm. to God together and so much fellowshipping. So it's so cool mm -hmm. to have someone on that 
um, that knows a lot about me and Pete too. That's kind of a cool thing. I think a lot of times, you know, when you invite a guest on and you've never met them and they're kind of somebody that maybe you look up to, it's like, they've kind of done their research because they don't want to say someone's name wrong, but that's pretty yes. much it. And I'm like, y'all have seen me in every single state of my life, like dating Pete and yep. like getting into ministry, Andrea, getting into faith and fitness, X games yep. athlete now kind of being mom and, and wifey and, uh, all in the same apartment. It's kind of crazy, but, um, lots of life we've done together. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. And I remember the first time I actually met Pete, no, not met, but the first time I actually spent Stop. time with Pete was at, um, the alpha weekend away, which is referred to as the Holy spirit weekend. Mm -hmm. And, um, I basically, uh, huge man crush from that day forward on Pete Montalvo. Love that wow. guy. I love you guys. Yeah. You guys are, you guys are, um, you guys are involved in all of it. Everything's going on over there. All of it. And we love the Holy spirit. So that's good. That was probably a memorable time for him too. Yes. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is kind of a cool thing to look back and see people that were around and how our friendships have kind of like formed like the formation of faith. That's like the theme of our podcast. Right. So mm -hmm. we have that, but then we also have people that are coming in being invited into the process and then us getting to see their faith grow when they have questions, they're asking questions. Then it makes mm -hmm. us leaders also talk about it and ask questions. And it's just this rich, vibrant time where when you get people together that are all passionate about the same thing, it seems like you're like in a, like a, like a time force, like, like you can't get out of it. It's like, okay, mm -hmm. time just stopped and you got to appreciate God and love on people and, and really feel like blessed by it. Like, I feel more blessed that I've been in ministry for so long than I feel like I've blessed others. I'm like, are they even getting anything out of this? Cause I'm having a blast, but well, that, I think that, I think that speaks to like some of you and Pete, uh, your gifting because, um, I remember the day that, uh, uh, Jake Zasky was still, uh, our pastor. And he said, I just met these two people. They are evangelists. That's what he said. Wow. I was like, oh, who? That... And he said, Pete and Andrea. And uh, he he didn't he didn't have he he said you know Pete's a cool guy and Andrea is like a fitness influencer. So I was like, well, obviously we will get along. That's kind of my jam. Duh. Uh, not really. But uh, and then and then he sends me. He's like, I'm gonna go. He said, I really want to spend time with these guys because they are just evangelists, and I just see them like affecting their community and affecting their neighborhood and and just loving people well. And I'm like, that's so cool. He goes, I'm gonna go to their workout. Yes. And yes, Pete, Pete told me. Pete has said multiple times, dude, come to the workout. It's for anybody. Right. And ever since Jake went and I saw, and someone, I forget who it was, sent me a photo of him sweating as if he was going to die, <laughs> hunched over, holding some sort of a weight. I, from that point on, I was like, I don't trust anything Pete says because that is, that's not a workout for Jake Zasky, which means it's also not a workout for Patrick Murphy. But <laughs> the point still stands that like, um, I just remember him saying, you guys are evangelists. And then I met you guys and, and, and everything you're saying now, like, yeah, evangelism, uh, reaching the lost, loving the saved, uh, hearing people's stories, encouraging those stories. Like, we're literally doing that right now. Um, that's just such a part of you guys' DNA. And I really respect it. And I'm thankful for it. 
Yeah, it's amazing because I think people get really intimidated by the word evangelist. I think maybe yes. sometimes they, they, they politicize the word, which yeah. was never meant to happen. It was always meant to be this pure love for Jesus and just wanting mm-hmm. it, wanting to share it with people. And it's yeah. funny because I've got a big mouthpiece. I'm always talking and Pete's pretty much more reserved, I guess, but he is, I mean, honestly, like more like of a community leader and a more of a community person than I find myself even being. And so it's For interesting sure. when we hear other people talk about, you know, the evangelism gift, because we really don't feel like we're trying at all. We feel like God is like pushing us forward to talk about God or to invite people into what is happening around us, you know, and it's always exciting for us to be able to like, I mean, we thrive in that atmosphere, you know, so it's, it's just fun to us. And so we're in a season mm. right now where we, I'm not working at a CrossFit gym, which is crazy. Cause I worked at one for like 10 years. And so then right now we're, you know, we're doing fitness from home. We're doing, um, we're both working from home. I'm being like super mom trying and trying to save yes. it. It's kind of a crazy, crazy combination, but I'm honestly not around as many people that are unchurched as I used to be. And so yeah. for me, like I'm, I'm, I'm getting a lot of like fellowship and I'm in a season of growth and I'm learning a lot, which is, is really fun too. And I, I love that God has those different seasons, but the other day, Pete and I were talking, we're like, do you kind of feel like you're on the bench? Like God's like taking you out of the game and like putting you on the bench to rest. And I'm like, I totally totally feel like that. But you know, like scripture says, be ready in season and out of season for the yep. hope that you to explain the, the hope that you have and get a reason for it. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I, and I do always want to be there. I always want to be someone that is, is able to like provide answers and to remember to point people to God, even if we're not in a season of having a ton of people around to do that with, you know? Yeah. You know, it's funny. My favorite part about that scripture you just shared, you know, Always be prepared. Give an answer of hope that you have. You know what it says right after that? It says, do this with gentleness and respect. Gentleness. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I, and, I think and that it's applies. Not, yeah, it's not ahead. in the scripture. It's after the scripture. So it's yeah. almost like a reminder. It's like, however you heard this, do this with gentleness. And what is it? Oh, and interesting. Yeah. And I think, you know, when we, when we hear the words, the hope that you have, I think that applies to just about everything you know, because mm-hmm. God is all encompassing, et cetera, you know, and, and mm-hmm. uh, I think that oftentimes, you know, and this, this is the beauty of the spirit of the spiritual gifts. So like a uh, spiritual gift of evangelism is I need to share the gospel with gentleness and respect. And then a pastor, like a pastoral gifting is like, I need to share the grace and rest of Jesus with gentleness and respect. You know what I mean? And so it's one of those scriptures that is open. I mean, everything's, you know, open to interpretation, both sometimes for good reasons and sometimes for bad, but everything's open to interpretation. But I love that scripture because it basically just says, dude, live well in front of others, share hope and do it kindly. Right. And man, I love that. So I I love that you brought that up. That's that's one of my favorite uh, verses. Yes. And you know what? People that are looking for hope and looking for those answers in life, I find it to be around times where either people are getting married or there's a baby being born, sure. new life, or like someone has passed away. I find those three things to be times where people are really willing to stop their life and ask, where does hope come from? What do I yeah. believe is going to happen to me after I die? What yeah. is happening to this person that's leaving the earth? Like what is happening to this new soul coming in? And is it, is there a creator that's behind all of this or is this all a coincidence? Yeah. 
And it is, it is amazing. We were in a program called alpha together. You guys got to look it up. Mm. If you're listening online and you're someone that has a lot of questions and you don't want to just be Mm -hmm. kind of forced the answers, but you want to have a conversation with people about what the answers could be. Alpha is definitely for you. Um, Patrick and I have served in that for, for so long. Great promo, Andrea. You hit the, you hit the, um, all the, the talking points. That was awesome. (laughs) Never forget. Um, but something that I do remember is there was a girl named crystal and she, I met her and we ended up talking after alpha in her car for hours about God's stuff. And she said that she had tried out many different religions. And as she dabbled in each one of them, they never really felt like home. But when she came to Christianity, she saw people in church raising their hands to worship Mm. God that they can't see, but they can feel, and they know that he's there. Mm. They had this confidence about them that they weren't wasting their time by singing to a God that couldn't hear them. And I remember her saying that is unique about Christianity. No other religion does that. And I said, so do you like singing? And she said, oh, me, I don't really enjoy it. Like I don't do it on, on my own time before I came into faith, but I value it now because I feel like people, um, I see it and I want to be a part of what, of what they're doing that worship. And, and so I thought that was a beautiful thing. And that was actually, I kept thinking back to that as I, you know, was kind of studying up for our podcast today, because I was like, I want to ask Patrick about that. Why are Christians known for worship and how can we bring singing into our lives to truly benefit us? Okay. First of all, rewind. That was a great segue. I mean, (laughs) people don't see behind the scenes. People don't see the work behind the scenes that happens for podcasting and videos. And I'm sitting here. That was unplanned. I am just sitting here impressed. We're talking all about alpha right into the hand raising, right into your friend, right into question one. Wow. That was great. Andrea, I applaud you. I celebrate (laughs) who you are. And I celebrate what you do. Hey, Um, I'm better at podcasting than I am fitness. I'm just saying (laughs) no one compliments me on my fitness anymore. Hey, no, listen, uh, come on now. You know that you're, we can, we can be well-rounded people. Um, I think that's a really great question. So the question was, you know, why are we known for this? And I think there's a, why are Christians known for being the people that, you know, sing out and and raise our hands? I mean, uh, first of all, I think that, uh, it goes back to we as a people are designed to worship. We as a human beings are designed to reach out um, uh, for greater things. And um, if you go to, you know, a, uh, you know, insert your favorite band name here show, you'll see people clamoring to get close to reaching out for the lead singer, you know, putting their arms around the people that are next to them, singing every single lyric. And of course it's, it's an easier process there because we've, we've chosen to go there. We've, we've, you know, paid for the ticket. Those are the songs we want to sing. And then we get into a church setting and sometimes Mm -hmm. we're, we just feel like it's supposed to be different, but it really isn't. We're all clamoring, reaching out, uh, wanting to connect to something that is feels in some way higher than us. And that's kind of like the fun answer. You can kind of like dig into some like personality traits and you can dig into um, uh, styles and preferences there. But honestly, as Christians, we are commanded to worship. Mm-hmm. And commanded is a really strong word. And um, 
but it's true. You know, we're not, you know, encouraged to, even though we are encouraged to, we're not, um, it's not suggested for us. We are told to literally offer, you know, our bodies as living sacrifices, Romans 12, which sounds so extremely weird. You know, if you're someone who doesn't have, it's a very, it's, it's, it's a very, um, uh, kind of like a churchy phrase. There's all those uh, phrases we hear out there that if you are uh, new to the Bible, new to church, new to faith, and you all of a sudden hear someone say, well, yeah, you know, we're offer our bodies as living sacrifices. You're like, peace, I'm out. No, thank right. you. this is weird. Um, well, and it is weird. It's, 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 it's very, very strange to hear that the first time, mm. but we are designed for worship. And, you know, worship means that we are ascribing worth um, to something. And as Christians, Bible-believing Christians, or, you know, Christ-following Christians, or God-loving Christians, Christ-followers, when we get together, we, with our bodies, Romans 12, off your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God's word, this is your spiritual act of worship. We, with our bodies, with our voices, raise up praises, raise up prayers, raise up questions. We raise mm-hmm. up our fears, our doubts, our joy, our hope, our dreams, our frustrations, every single one of those mm-hmm. emotions and feelings and experiences. We are able to raise them up to a God that we believe created everything, including us, and knows what we're going through. Mm-hmm. I am so close to staying on this soapbox for the never for the next like 17 minutes. So I'm going to yeah, stop hey, there. I, um, I know there's more, but that's that would be my five minute answer. Yeah. Uh, of of why we as a, and there's more to just the singing aspect, but yeah, that's more of like the this is why as as humans we are created to respond, and as Christ mm-hmm. followers we are respond to Christ, our mm-hmm. Savior. Yeah. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you very much. And, and I, and I res- I respect this answer coming from a worship leader, someone sure. that is on stage, someone that has gone to concerts, I'm sure. And, and wanted to be close to the lead singer and wanted to like yeah. get up there and be like, this is awesome. This is what I came for. But then you've gotten to experience people putting their hands and it's not an ironic thing, right? Because you're yeah. on stage, but you know, and you, you love that people are praising God that they're enjoying the music that you guys are creating, but they're, they're taking that in as a gift from God and they want to worship back in response. Hopefully. Yeah. What a beautiful thing that is when you look out and everyone's like hands are up and they're really, they're into the music and you're like, there's a gifting here that is creating these melodies and, and singing and remembering the lyrics. And there's a, there's a craft and a skill that goes into it, but these people are not experiencing our church. They're experiencing the presence of God. And we're able to bring that by singing together. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. I, and I think that, you know, can I say a couple, a couple of things about that? Like uh, the, you know, one phrase that um, there's, there's a writer that I really, really love uh, a pastor and a writer and, a, and a former, and I'll get to the former part in a second, uh, a former worship leader named Bob Sorge, who's written some amazing, if you're a worship leader and you're listening to this and you, you should go by Ex- Exploring Worship by Bob Sorge, S-O-R-G-E. He has these amazing ways of helping us understand what worship is. And one of the things he says all the time is um, uh, there's no right way or wrong way to enter the presence of God. There's only God's way. And it looks different every time. And so when we talk about you know, coming into the presence of God, raising our hands, kneeling, um, jumping, dancing, uh, uh, being still, being silent. 
all of those different expressions that, like you said, I, as a worship leader, kind of get to, I get to see wow. uh, from a stage or from some sort of a, an area where we're leading. It's amazing to see the different responses from different people and looking at all of it and saying, God sees that and says it is good. Wow. And there's also, I mean, but if we want to get technical for someone who is, excuse me, for someone who is new to worship and and they, and they walk into a space, we as worship leaders, or even just as Christians, as evangelists, as encouragers, um, should never expect that person to understand everything that's going on in the room. Right. Right. So if we, so one of the things I was, I was actually having a meeting with, um, our worship leaders last night, just a zoom meeting quick, like, here's where we're headed. Here's some encouragement. This is what I'm seeing, you know, what I'm seeing, um, and, you know, I'm constantly reminding them that it's actually our job to teach people, not that we're above, but we, but we know we should teach people what we know, which is how to worship. So there's this kind of expectation from the church a lot of the times that people are going to walk in the room, they're going to know exactly what to do, they're going to know exactly where we're headed. But the same way, um, oh my gosh, this is going to be such a great correlation. The same way someone walks into a gym for CrossFit, you know, you got to give them, you got you to give them the steps of what to do. If I walked into the gym, I would have no idea what to do. You'd say, Patrick, grab this, do this. Oh my gosh, you need work here. And you would kind of put me through. The, First the thing is warm right? up. Second thing is stretch. Third thing is grab away. Fourth thing is make sure you have technique. Exactly. And it's and, time. And number eight is gains. No, and um, number nine is doms. Yeah. D- yes. Delayed onset muscle soreness. I learned from Andrea. Um, so you see, if you look at uh, uh, the Bible, um, it actually, you know, church services nowadays have become very preferential. Um, if I'm honest, there is this kind of a, at, at our, at our worst church attendee, Patrick walks in and goes, what have you got for me? I know at our best church attendee, Patrick walks in and goes, how can I encounter Jesus today? Yeah. Not, not I'm going to jump in when I hear my song. You know, um, I am going to choose encounter. And if you look at the Bible church services, you know, years and years and years and years and years ago, there wasn't this, let me wait for them to play insert song name here, because that's my jam, which it's okay to have favorites. It's totally okay. Mm -hmm. You see these words for what we're talking about worship. We're talking about praise. There's, there's specific words in the Bible, uh, for, for praise, um, that mean specific things. Sometimes those words mean kneel. Sometimes those words mean to sing out your prayers like an unplanned prayer. Sometimes those words mean to literally raise your hands. And in scripture, in in the early church, when they would say, let's praise the Lord using like, um, and I, I by no means I'm cool enough to remember these, so I have them written down here. Like there is a word, a Hebrew word, uh, yada, which means to throw out the hand to worship with extended hands. And you find it in Psalm 145, verse 10, all your work shall praise you, yada. All your work shall yada you, Lord, your faithful people extol you. And when that would happen in, in the church, the early church, it wasn't a, oh, what a great lyric. Maybe I'll engage next time. When the worship leader, the, the Levite would say, all you know, your people yada, they would say, oh, that's my cue. And they would all raise their hands together. As a sign of, I am extolling you, God. I am lifting you up. When they would hear the word kneel, they would kneel together. Can you imagine 
an entire church when they hear um, like uh, uh, some sort of a song that says, you know, we kneel before you, Lord, just saying, yeah, let's just do that as a sign of surrender. And the entire room just kneels. There's like a unity in that. There's yeah. reverence in that. I'm, I'm, I'm going on way too long of a tangent here, but I think we begin to talk about praising when we begin to talk about worship so much comes into it where we surround it with thinking about ourselves yeah. as opposed to thinking about the whole as opposed to yes. looking at the early church as and opposed to looking at how we as a people whether new christian old christian someone who's just seeking can join together and help people uh move along in this worship journey sorry i'll stop you go no no i i love it i love where you're going with that i mean yeah. I do think that, um, we were made to worship, yes. you know, and I love that there are different words that describe how we're, we can worship. I mean, those are options, right? It's like the command is to worship, but then we get this freedom. And I feel like there is a part of us that's missing out unless we get to experience it, you know, with our bodies, like it says in Romans 12. And I was kind of thinking about when you said a living sacrifice, yeah. you know, the word sacrifice, like you said, it's kind of like a creepy thing, right? To like kind of jump yes. into and be yeah. like, oh, this is what I am. But in Christianity, we are, we're familiar. We're comfortable actually with the word sacrifice because of the sacrifices in the old Testament that were made, like the, the, um, the animals that were, were put up, um, you know, and killed for certain reasons to take away sins. And then we have Jesus on the cross as a yep. sacrifice for all of us and our, and to forgive us for our sins and our trespasses. Then we have the sacrifices that we're used to in a daily basis that maybe aren't even religious. Maybe they're secular and it goes, okay, well, if I, have to, if I want to be a good dad, I don't have enough, as much time as I used to in this certain thing in my life, but I'm sacrificing that. So that I can be present for my kid, because I know it's going to, it's going to help him in the long run. You start seeing the bigger picture, but if you look at your day, you don't want to sacrifice things for like, you know, unselfish reasons you want to benefit but ultimately I think looking at the big picture helps us make those sacrifices, just like in athletics. When I was yeah. a full-time athlete for 10 years doing CrossFit, I was in the games. I would go to work for like three, four five hours a day with teammates, training member, training, uh, training partners or coaches. And it was never comfortable. It was physically hard, but I knew yeah. that the sacrifice of like being comfortable, giving that up was going to pay off. And I was going to maybe make it to the podium one day, right? When I was like waving on top with like a medal around my neck, it was all going to be worth it. And so that sacrifice was always for something greater. And I think about that, even in relationships, you know, in Christianity, when we're trying to remain pure and keep our bodily, our bodies as a living sacrifice, it's ultimately to have a better marriage or to be able to gain mm. trust with one another or to honor God through our relationships. And so it's, it's always for that big picture. And I think if people think, well, today I'm at church and if I raise my hands, I'm going to be embarrassed and people are going to look at me yeah. weird, or people are going to think I'm into this. And I don't even know if I am that kind of thing. It's yeah. like, it's all about right now. But if you let go of that and you just breathe and enjoy God, yeah, the big picture is you get to enjoy God. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's true. Um, yes, that's true. And I think there's there's room. So like, you know, I know we're kind of specifically talking about kind of like a church service, right? Sure. Um, but apply this to anything when it comes to faith and being a follower of Jesus, Jesus made room for everyone period. Yeah. The doubters had a place. Yes. Even his closest followers. 
he shows up. He, he is showing up as a resurrected human and still goes, check out my hands. I know it's tough. Put, put your hands in there, put your fingers in the wounds. I was really crucified to, to, to Thomas. Room for everybody. There's room for the, for the faithful, room for those who are doubting, room for those who are struggling, room for those who don't believe. Yeah. You know, he literally, um, uh, there was that man in the Bible who said, please heal this person that I love. And he said, and, and Jesus was like, you know, basically like, yeah, okay, well, you know, if you believe in me or whatever, you know, I can heal this person. And the, and, and the guy looks back at him and says, I believe, I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. Wow. And yeah. Jesus says, yeah, okay. So there's room for everybody. And I think that it is okay to come into a space like a church service mm -hmm. where you have preferences. It's okay to go to a church you like. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. There's no, yeah. no, no one, no one gets in trouble for that. You know, you can go to a church where you like the music or you're challenged by the teaching where you really connect with um, this specific group or study or even a friend. Mm -hmm. Right. But I think that there, there's an aspect of us leaving our preferences at the door, like leave your preferences at the door and just try to engage, okay. try to engage. And then like the, the Bible says, we also in that space, we need, just like Jesus did, to make room for each other's faults. Now, faults is kind of a strong word when we're talking sure. about someone who says, I don't like to raise my hands. Right. But as a pastor, as a worship leader, I truly believe that we need to take everybody on a case-by-case -case basis. Yeah. Someone who is clearly a murderer that loves murder and wants to murder, they're in a bad place. <laughs> yes. We don't Obviously, that's really extreme or whatever. But like, no, I, I think it. sometimes we draw these huge extremes. We draw these huge extremes. Like, unless you're towing the line, this specific line, like, there, there, there's a level of how welcome you will be. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Jesus just wasn't like that. Mm -hmm. And as a worshiper, like, Andrea, you love to worship. Uh, you know, one of my favorite things to do. I, I think I've told Pete this. I love leading worship when Pete's in the room. Pete doesn't care. Pete goes for it. The Montalvos go for it. And well, it's funny because he's not known for having a great voice either. He says, but then he loves when someone compliments him <laughs> on his voice. He loves saying high school men's choir. Thank you. Yeah, high baby. Yeah. Choir. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? This guy is proud of that season of his life. That is for you, sure. You, and it is. You probably heard now. of me. You probably heard of me from the choir, high school men's choir. But all I'm trying to say is like, Pete and Andrea in church are going to sit by brand new Christian who has no idea what's going on. Yeah. And I don't want to overwhelm anybody. That's the thing. But I also yeah. want to be able to take my weekly chance at spending time with God and not, not take well, it for granted and try to be too yeah. cool. You know, <laughs> I, I think as, but like, as a worship leader, there just needs to be, there needs to be room where we're actually teaching people what's happening in the room. Yes. There needs to be time. Where we're actually teaching people what's happening in the room. And we need to create space where, you know, Judy, new churchgoer, and, you know, Patrick, the worship leader who's led worship his whole life, can be brought up into a space where they understand what's happening. Maybe not understand, but explain to them what's happening, right. and they're able to grow in that engagement. You yeah. know, if I walked up as a worship leader into the microphone and said, oh, we're commanded to worship, runs 12, be a living sacrifice, here <laughs> we go. You know, th that would be a problem. Right. But, if I but if I took the time to say, and you've probably actually heard me do this in some sort of a church service somewhere, but like, um, okay, you know, pretend that we've got that uh, sound in the background and I'm strumming my guitar. And I just simply said something along the lines of, 
when we receive a gift, we put our hands out like this, excited for the gift. Yeah. Um, would you step out boldly with me as we sing this next song? Can everyone just across the room put their hands out like this? We want to receive from the Lord today. As you worship, you're going to see Pete and Andrew just lifting their hands and dancing. But maybe you today, just step one, just put your hands out like this. Yeah. You're making a physical statement. God, I want to receive from you today. That's really all it takes in your uh, Faith Rx prayer meeting. Hey, as we pray today, this might be weird. Just put your hands out like this. Mm-hmm. Or in the big, big, big church conference where we're, we're singing the really loud song that everybody loves. You could just put your hands out like this. Or guys, could we just close our eyes? This may be the first time this mm-hmm. week you've been still today. The first time this right. week you've been still and quiet. Just right. close your eyes with me. I'm not trying to manipulate you. I'm not trying to be weird, even though it, it is a little new and strange. Just let's close our eyes and take a deep breath. You know what I mean? Just some of those physical things that actually teach us what we're doing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, I love that. Like being able to learn how to experience it and me growing up Catholic, you know, mm. that was something I always did love going to church. And I always loved singing with my, my siblings and my mom. And um, yeah. we were really rewarded by going to church because I don't know. We loved sit. We all wanted to sit by my mom. There's like a bunch of us kids and I was like the oldest. So it was just like this whole thing. But my, my dad didn't go to church. He still doesn't. But it was like when we were really small, she would let uh, one of us wear her wedding ring during service. I can't imagine why I've always thought it would be so amazing to be a wife someday. <laughs> like we grew up right? and like, Ooh. what happened? You know? Yeah. I mean, it was strange, but I, I did always connect with the singing part and, and that, and that was kind of rooted in me and something really yeah. early on to the point where even when I was in college and honestly, afterwards when I was starting to get into CrossFit had no bandwidth for spiritual you know exploration and fellowship honestly I I would go to church service and it would be like that was literally it that was all I was making time for in my life was just the service nothing extra no extra prayer had no friends yeah. that were believers etc and so it was like the driest part of my life but there's never mm-hmm. been a time or a season I've been through where I wasn't going to church and I do remember sometimes being being in a place where I was walking through the movements and I didn't want to go, yeah. or I felt, I felt like I would rather hang out with my friends or, or catch up on training or catch up on, um, you know, stuff that you needed for your personal life instead of going to church, like normal stuff. Like I'd rather grocery shop today, you know, that kind of thing. But there was always this reverence for, I got to show up and God's going to do the rest. And I know that like, I'm, he's going to meet me where I am, even if I'm in a season where I'm not super connected to him. And it was always true. It was always yeah. me coming in kind of, kind of like, oh, okay, like, uh, here's another thing I don't have time for. And then God met me in a place where he was like, now I'm going to break your heart for me and for my people. And I'm going to show you what's good. And I'm going to teach you something. And you're going to leave here, not only feeling way better than you did, but you're going to be changed again and again and again. And it was through God's word. It was through his people getting to be reminded how good he is and that he's changed so many lives that I'm not the only one experiencing this that it is evident in other people around me. And so, you know, now, now that I'm able to see that, like, okay, I do enjoy getting to expand on that and do things outside of obviously just attending a service, you know, it's, it's a good thing, even to the point of when during pandemic, when I wasn't getting to experience that Mm. person and we were just watching online. And although it was life-giving to be kind of feel like you're with your friends typing back and forth and Yeah. yeah, amen. You know, we enjoyed that for a while, but there was a time where it was like, 
this is not what we were meant to do. And we can feel that difference. I mean, we got lazy to the point where I was taking text messages. I'm going to call my mom real quick. I'll, I'll catch up on afterwards and I'll replay the service. It's like, you're not the only one, Andrea. Come no, on. It's like, let me go get some more coffee. What I missed? Nothing. Okay, cool. And it's like, <laughs> I, I would Nothing. never Patrick's do just talking. that. Yeah, just talking. I would never do that during a real service. Be like, just uh, some people would. I, some I people know, would. I know, be loitering, just take my time. Be like, I don't really yeah. care what's going on. But like, you know, when you're in your own house and you're thinking, oh man, that's a mess. Uh, you know, I'm still in my jammies. You know, I'm not going to get up and sing and worship. Like, you know, it gets so comfortable that mm. that was actually the problem for us until there was a point where Pete kind of hit a line where like we had been watching worship, but not singing. And if we sang, we were sitting down, sipping coffee, chilling. And he's like, we got to stand up now. We got to, I'm done with this. Mm. This is, this is not who we are. We got to stand up. And, and so it was kind of him as a man, like stepping up and being like, let's just try walking this out, even though we're fed up from being inside, let's just do this. Cause we know we're going to feel better. And I remember being like, oh, I'm so comfy here. Like, why are you pushing my buttons and picking yeah. them out of my comfort zone? But then it, but then once you do it, you're like, why haven't we been doing that for six months or whatever? Mm. And we went on, we were on Zoom church from Easter to Easter. We were did a whole year. And yeah. it was, it was 2021 where um uh the spring and it was Easter. And I was like, we have got to go to a service. I don't care what we go to. I will literally do anything to be around God's people. I need to be in person. I don't care if I have to wear a mask. I need to see a church service. I cannot do a whole, you know, 52 weeks plus another Easter, you know, inside. And, and, yeah. and so it felt like that busting at the seams point. And, and it was yeah. good. It was like, God was giving us that freedom to step back into it. And that, and I can't tell you guys that are listening enough that there was also some intimidating parts for me to go back in person too. There was some yeah. time sacrifices that I had to make. I had to go back into getting ready for church and putting on Ugh. my, you know, my makeup and my, and my clothes, getting out of my sweatpants, take putting in, you know, driving into the equation and commuting and, and, and even the inconveniences of meeting new people and having to have conversations you weren't ready for, or yeah. talking to someone that you don't know. I mean, there's inconveniences there that you don't experience at home. But so it's, it's, it's kind of about worship, but it's about that coming back into church season. There's a beautiful thing that will always bless you when you're there, even though that you, yeah. you really have to kind of, um, talk yourself into bringing yourself there too. Yeah. And I think, you know, the, the way, like from, from the person, you know, from the perspective of the person who like, okay, we're not allowed to meet together. Um, we have to <laughs> figure this out, right? you know, and then the room's. The, the, the heads in the room turn and look at the, the nerd me do your video thing, Patrick. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, for the next year, editing, creating, publishing, hosting all those videos. I think that as the church, I think live streaming and, and, um, uh, video church, whatever you want to call it. Great tool, great tool, great tool for people who cannot come, who are sick, who, I mean, to be honest, every single person that walks into our church that it's their first time there. I've been checking you out online for a few weeks. What an amazing opportunity. It's like a menu of churches are out there on YouTube every Sunday at 10 30, 10 AM, whatever. Um, beautiful thing there, but obviously we are made for community. Yeah. We are made for community. And I mean, here you are creating an online community with embrace movement, <laughs> but you would, you would not be healthy you, Andrea, if you weren't physically in the presence of other people. Right. Um, it's, it's, 
you know, going back to how we worship and, and everybody's coming from a different place and Jesus meeting them all and saying, you are welcome. Mm-hmm. There's something special about being together and the encouragement. I mean, if you're someone who is struggling and you make the effort to show up in a room and you've just experienced loss, you've just experienced pain, trauma, found out something about a family member or a job or a financial or a housing situation, and you are surrounded by the voices of God's people shouting praises out to him, what's going to happen? You will be elevated. You will be encouraged. And listen, again, I love the digital lifestyle. I love social media. I love mm-hmm. making videos and, 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 and all of that stuff. But there is something about community right. that we as humans need. Yeah, it totally, it's so true. It, it really is. And I think that sometimes it becomes this like thing that everybody says, you need community and like, oh, I'm so thankful for my whatever, you know, but when you don't have it, you don't mm-hmm. really know what it's like, but you also don't know a life with it. So you can't mm. compare and contrast of like, oh, there was emptiness here. And now there's not sometimes mm. when people are without community, whether they've moved to a different place or they just find themselves in isolation or singleness or whatever it is, it, yeah. it brings them to a point of going, okay, well, I can't, I'm used to this now. And, and then they're like, well, I know we need community, but how do I make community and making new friends is a whole thing. And it's, 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 it's you know, I think that the biggest mistake that people can make is thinking that everyone else around them is good at making friends. And they're good at building community and they're good at choosing oh, people to talk so to good. and to say things. That's the biggest mistake because even I, who I like to talk, I like people, I'm an extrovert. <laughs> you can call me a lot of things. I have experience in this arena, right? But I am super intimidated about making new friends. Sure. It is very hard for me to also pick and not waste my time. Like with like, you can't make everyone your new friend. So you've mm. got to really go who do, who could I see myself hanging out with? Am I cool to this person? Do they like me? Or are they just kind of passing through? Okay. I need to be able to have some awareness here because I want to spend my time with someone that's going to enjoy me. Like I'm going to enjoy them. And just that whole process of, you know, wanting to be liked, wanting to be accepted by a community. Uh Do I really fit in here? I want to fit in here, but am I really there yet? I don't know. The whole thing is very vulnerable. And Mm -hmm. so, although, you know, we're saying it's so important, like you said about teaching worship, there's a point of like teaching how to step into a community with faith that God is going to provide there too. Oh yeah. And I, I mean, I think this is like, uh, you know, once, you know, once again, it's like, you know, faith of a child, my son yeah. lacks 0% <laughs> of faith. Z- like he lacks no faith when it comes to meeting new people. Um, we had the opportunity uh, to move into this new building that had just been built. And I didn't know this, but they built, build buildings and sections. So they kind of create the structure and then floors one through 10, the apartments are done. People begin to move in, but they're still working on floors 11 through 20 and then 21 to, you know, and so we move into this building and it's just like a ghost town. There's like maybe 20 to 30 apartments that are full. And at this time, my son was eight or nine, my oldest son. Every single person he saw, our, our, uh, he would say, he would stick his hand out and go, hi, I'm Declan, and then tell them our apartment number. I was like, Declan, don't do it. You can't do that. You, you can't tell everybody you. Like, where we live. <laughs> like, but dad, there are neighbors. I know there are neighbors, but you know, safety and security. And he's, you know, he's like, hi, Declan, apartment number. Hi, I'm Declan. And they began to call him in the building, the mayor of the building, <laughs> this little 
10, 10 year old kid. And there's something about that where I'm so, I look to my kids sometimes about their boldness and creating relationships. And there's, there's another side of that coin as well. Like sometimes their little hearts get hurt. You know, I mean, he'll, you know, we, you know, this is my best friend, <laughs> you know, and this kid's going, I just met you, dude. Like, you know, okay. You know, and he's like, I thought we were so close and all that, but there is this faithfulness that they have to put themselves out there. And it's, you're right. It is not easy. It's not easy. And it takes, it takes faith, you know, depending, you know, if you're the, in, in the best place of your life, you know, walking in and, you know, just feeling confident and like, you know, I'm just on this journey of just awesomeness. That's different than the person, like kind of like I was saying earlier, who has experience is is walking through grief, is walking through pain. Yeah. And the yeah. and I, I there was a worship leader friend of mine who said, um, as I move throughout my day, I truly believe that the Holy Spirit can work through anything, including a smile. Wow. And I know that sounds so Disney, so you know, cheesy or whatever, but she said, I make intentional choices to look people in the eye and smile throughout the day, believing that I could go pray for everybody on the street. I could do healing ministry. I could pull out my guitar and lead a song, but even just bringing joy to every single person I encounter, just even through a smile can change someone's perspective. And I loved, and I loved that. So I think it takes boldness from someone who's in a place where they're like, I don't want to engage to try and engage, but it also takes boldness. And once again, gentleness and respect Mm -hmm. from that person who's trying to show the hope that they have to reach Mm -hmm. out and be available. Yeah, man, that's so good. Even through a smile. No, I love that, you know, and, and we're coming from a place of both of us probably growing up in the church, spending a lot Mm -hmm. of time with others that, you know, have been Christians for a long time. And so Mm -hmm. now if you take it a step further back, like you're talking about grief and the waves of grief and expecting coming into a public place and you don't want to feel uncomfortable. You don't want to, you don't want to cry. You know, you don't want to, you have a burden there. So that's hard to come in and be a part of that environment, but you will be elevated. Like God promises that he's going to make any situation better with his presence. Yeah. And so then you go, but you take it a a step back. What about someone that, that doesn't believe yet? Someone that's Mm -hmm. completely on the outside, someone that's unchurched and is uncomfortable with the thought Mm -hmm. of even stepping through the doors of a church, but here they are you know, and it reminds me of these two girls. They are like truly, honestly, two of my favorite people, um, in this season of my life, but they came into a church from being in a perspective of one grew up in the church. One did not both of them got married during COVID. Both of them felt like, yep. Both of them felt like we're banished from the church. We're going to hell. No, one's ever going to be able to redeem this situation yet. They felt called to read. Um, gosh, I don't want to mess it up. 40 days, uh, um, 40 days, uh, of purpose, Rick Warren purpose driven life. And it's a 40 day devotional. They got it as a gift for Christmas. They read it through. They came, showed up in February. These are two girls that come in. One completely looks like she's a member of a community that wouldn't be welcomed in church. The other one kind of can slide in, you know, maybe inconceivable, but both of them together are, they're not only watching people worship, but they're also like, I wonder if people are judging me. I wonder Mm -hmm. if people feel like I don't belong here. I wonder if people, if I'm distracting people and then they got placed in a discipleship group with a lot of people and I got to be in it. And so that's the thing that I'm, I'm working through right now in this season of my life is I'm, I'm learning from them what they think about church and what, what they're telling each other, because one of them said to the other at one point, but how are all of them so confident in what they believe they come in here? You see them singing to God, like they 
they don't have any doubts in their mind. How, how is that possible? And why don't I feel that way? If I've been going to church for months now, why don't I feel that confidence? And she said, well, it's not your doubts, but you are trusting your doubts a little bit because that's all you've ever known. They're walking in faith because God has taken away each of their doubts a little bit at a time, week after week, after week for 15, 20, 30 years. She said, you have to remember that you're new. That's what one of the girls said too. That's what they said to each other. So then they brought that up in our discipleship group, which I loved because it was such a vulnerable, honest place to come from. And they said, the scripture, the girl said, the scripture said that God is going to be there. God's going to show up and he's going to make, he's going to teach you things. Well, don't you think if you got taught a bunch of things for all these years that mm. you'd be able to like him a lot more? <laughs> like, yeah. yes, these things that we think are so complicated can be simplified down to mm-hmm. trusting and having faith and worshiping a God that is so worth worshiping, right? Yeah. That he's so faithful. You start to see that a little bit. It starts to become an addiction. I want to see more of God's faithfulness. I want to see more of what he's doing, more of what he's up to. It's exciting. And when you yeah. get pulled into that, no matter where you come from, you're going to be blessed. You know, yeah. you're going to be blessed. Yeah. The, um, there's this other quote uh, from uh, that same uh, gentleman, uh, Bob Sorge. Oh, by the way, I didn't hold on. So the reason why I said this guy earlier, he was a former, he's a former worship leader is because this is a guy who, uh, and I may get this story a little bit wrong, but long story short, beautiful musician, beautiful vocalist, worship leader in churches, his whole life goes in for a routine surgery and something happens where he just loses his voice. So worship leader as a musician, that's the end of your world. And what he says is, um, uh, when God took my voice away, he, 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 he like turned off the voice and turned on my writing. And since then wow. he's been able to write countless books on worship, the Lord, the Holy spirit. And of course he wants to be able to speak again. He can only speak for about an hour a day before pain starts to shoot through his vocal cords. And then he has to stop and he has to talk in this whisper. That's very, very hard to hear or else it's really painful, but he's choosing to worship anyway. Can you believe that? No. Like he, he chooses just to like worship and follow you. That would be the end of me. I, my, I, I'm not that strong. I will admit I mean, that would make me so angry and so bitter. And I'm sure he went through a period of it. Anyway, he also says this, he says, so when it comes to preference and when it comes to, you know, these two young ladies coming into the church and some people probably thinking because we're humans and we're flawed, we need to change them and make them like us. Ooh. We need to rush that process. Right. You know, or for the person that's been in church their entire life and it's become, it's starting to get stagnant. It's starting to yeah. get old. We begin to, to, to puff up. And, and I believe each one of us has identity. Our personalities are not bad things. Our preferences are not bad things. It's okay to like things. It's okay to want to um, dress a certain way or listen to a certain, you know, style of music or whatever and, and look up on stage and go, this isn't my particular style. That's okay. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay to be, you know, different. It's okay to, you know, you, you get it. But when it comes to worshiping and when it comes to following Jesus, there's a freedom in being yourself, mm-hmm. but letting him, giving Jesus, giving the Holy Spirit, the opportunity to change us. Yeah. And uh, uh, to, to free us. And, and Bob Sorge, he writes this, he says, the more talking about preferences, when we walk into a church, like I want it to be this way, this way, this way. That's why people can never find a church because it never is perfect for them. Because by the way, there are no perfect churches. He says, the more we let God take us over, the more truly ourselves we become because he made us. 
He invented us. He invented all the different people that you and I were intended to be. It is when I turn to Christ, when I give up myself to his personality, that I first begin to have a real personality of my own. When we kneel before the Lord in praise and worship, when we raise our hands, when we engage in church, when we even just try, when we make that effort, we actually find who we're truly uh, designed to be. You know, he becomes more, we become less. And I would never tell anybody, I would never tell anybody, turn off your personality, be a robot. Right. What, What you think? Ridiculous. I would never say that. I think that everybody has a story. Everybody's walking into a church gathering with something, something they're feeling, something they've experienced. But what if, just like this young lady was saying, in a way, she's like, listen, these people have countless years of going through this. We're new. Give yourself some grace, but at least try. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I think there's really something to that. Yeah. No, it's so true. The personality thing really shines through because eventually we do form our hearts similar to each other's, like mm-hmm. just with the love of God, it just happens, but it does, it's not right away. And everyone's timing is different. Everyone's story is different, but your personality will eventually be so, like a grateful, you know, a person that's coming from yeah. a grateful perspective because you just can't deny that you can't, I mean, it's just who God is that he makes mm-hmm. you grateful. And, mm-hmm. and I, yeah, I totally agree. That's beautiful. I think that, that whatever that worship singer went through losing his voice, but then being yeah. able, being able to write that he was able to be grateful even through all of that. Like you said, like each one of us would have problems with that, that would maybe not result in such fruitfulness, Mm. right? (laughs) Yeah, we're all different. (laughs) That's, yeah, man, that guy, that guy really has, you know, being a worship leader for 20 plus years, like 20 plus years. Mm-hmm. I went through, I've gone through so much, like, is this right? Is this wrong? Am I allowed to do this? Where do I have authority? Where do I need to submit? Where do I, um, and, you know, some of his writings have, uh, some of his books have just really spoken to my heart, especially as a worship leader. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and just like quotes like that, I'm like, yeah, the more I just submit myself to, I'm still me, but God designed me. Yes. What am I missing? You know, the more mm-hmm. I submit myself to that, the more I see him like uh, just show up in like super weird, awesome ways. Yeah. No, it's so good. It's so good. Well, thank you so much for having this conversation with us about yeah. worshiping God, singing in a, in a church, you know, and also just being able to sacrifice and let our bodies be a living sacrifice. Thank mm. you so much, Patrick. Thanks for having me. Yeah. How can people find you? How can they reach out to you? Let us know YouTube, Instagram, whatever you got. Oh, uh, Instagram. I'm Patrick Murphy. Um, uh, I'm not on Twitter because, uh, I share the same name as a, some sort of a congressman or Senator and with, and I kept getting messages from people thinking I was him calling me names. And then all of a sudden I got an email from Twitter and they said, you've been blocked for impersonating this person. And I said, I never impersonated. They're contacting me. (laughs) What's going on? So I don't have, that's my, that I'm like a, a, a Twitter criminal, but I didn't do anything. I'm in. Okay. So, so I'm on Instagram. Sorry. Uh, Patrick Murphy. <laughs> and, um, uh, and, uh, I am, yes, I do have a YouTube channel where I talk about all sorts of like technology in my life and things like that. So if you just like search for Patrick Murphy on there, you'll be good to go. Yeah. Thank you so much, Patrick, for reconnecting and coming on our episode. Thanks for having me. See you. Bye. Bye. 
We are a women's program that helps build a daily routine around Bible study, prayer, and fun fitness workouts. Get a month free with code EMBRACEPODCAST.